On Saturday, the 1st of April, head to the Triton Training Academy Open Event at the Carpentry Store in Nace. See live DIY demonstrations with Triton brand champion and online woodwork sensation April Wilkerson. Plus, there will be special offers, a prize draw and giveaways on the day. The Triton Training Academy Open Event at the Carpentry Store Nace between 10 and 3 p.m. on Saturday, 1st of April. Visit thecarpentrystore.com for more details. Blog Talk Radio. They said you wouldn't make it so far. And ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry. Cause you had never let it go inside. You were Welcome. You are listening to Get Into It with Tina Conroy on Blog Talk Radio, and I am your host. Our phone line will be open, and that number is 516-387-1936. And if you do have a question, please hit pound one, and we will try to get to the call. Also, the chat room is open, and I will chat with you. To go on the chat room, go to blogtalkradio.com and find my show, and there will be a chat going as well. So welcome, everyone. I am so grateful always to be back with you if you are listening live or on the podcast. Hello and welcome. Today is March 4th, 2015, Wednesday. A funny little thing to this date is my roommate from college said it was the only date that moved, March 4th. And I think we need a lot of movement. I know here on the East Coast, we have been inundated with a lot of snow and slush and rain, and we feel stuck. But just the date, March 4th, we are moving forward. And so we can all just take a nice big breath and know that spring is on its way. I am so very excited to have my guest on the show, Dr. Lisa Langer. Before we talk about mindfulness, I would love to do a very short centering on mindfulness in our posture. So wherever you are, if you can close your eyes, go ahead and close your eyes and take a nice, long, deep breath in and exhale away. And notice your posture. Notice if you're sitting, you're standing, and where you are. Notice your body and notice your breath. And begin to find yourself with a little bit more ease, relaxing your shoulders and relaxing your face, and allowing yourself to come into this present moment. This present moment is all we have. Connect to gratitude. And with gratitude in mind, place your hands on your heart, one palm on top of the other, and just 
connect to your heart center? Can you feel your heart? Can you notice it? Take another breath and exhale away. And very gently come back to the room that you're in and open your eyes if they are closed. So I'm very excited to announce my guest today, Dr. Lisa Langer. Dr. Lisa Langer is a clinical psychologist in private practice and the founder and partner in charge of all programming and development at Practice Body, Mind, Soul Company in Roslyn, New York. Lisa has a lifelong devotion to living body, mind, and soul. The essence of her vision is to facilitate deep inner transformation through a combination of talk therapy and body practices, enabling each person to realize his or her unique self. Dr. Langer received her Ph.D. at the Durner Institute at Delphi University and is a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the Hofstra North Shore LIJ School of Medicine. She is a 200-hour trained yoga instructor and holds a certificate in gestalt psychotherapy. Lisa is enrolled in the Professional Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Training Center at UC San Diego School of Medicine Center for Mindfulness. Her current passion is to initiate mindful living programs for individuals and communities. She teaches the eight-week mindfulness stress reduction course and mindfulness-based intervention programs in schools, community organizations, and healthcare institutions. Lisa is profoundly intent on developing mindful living programs and opening practice as a new avenue of growth for her clients and training doctoral candidates in body, mind, and soul approach to modern psychotherapy. Lisa is my friend and colleague, and I'd be happy to put her on the line. So hold on one second as I get her on. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Tina. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yes, I can hear you fine. Good. That was such a a lovely introduction and centering, mindful centering. Thank you. Thank you. So we... (laughs) are going to get right to it because this buzzword is, you know, this buzzword of mindfulness is everywhere. We hear it, we're hearing it more and more. And just let's jump right into it. What is mindfulness and how did you get involved with it? Sure. Well, I'll just start with, with what mindfulness is, which is, you know, there are many definitions of mindfulness, but the one I particularly like um, is coined by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, who is considered the grandfather of mindfulness, uh, you know, in present times. And mindfulness is a particular way of paying attention to the present moment or in the present moment, and the caveat is non-judgmentally. So it's a particular way of paying attention to the present moment without judgment and with acceptance. Um, so my, my mindful journey really began over 30 years ago. I was living in, uh, Los Angeles and working there at the time. Um, I got into mindfulness before it was even called mindfulness. Back then it was just really just, uh, meditation. And so anything that, you know, a person did to quiet their minds or quiet their bodies was, um, was mindful. And 
So I started practicing at a, a place called the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood and started taking, uh, studying Tai Chi, which is um, a Chinese martial arts practice, but also a yogic practice. And I really uh, began to get in touch with just how mm, tense I was, what my stresses <laughs> were. I was going through a lot of personal things at the time. And so meditation and yogic practices really helped me um, uh, move through things. And so when, because I guess just to kind of catch up our listeners, is that, you know, there was this recent, um, well, Mindfulness was on the Time magazine cover, you know, and then also right. some, a lot of people saw, you know, Anderson Cooper in that 60-minute segment. And so I found that interesting myself because it kind of boomed. I remember people talking about it was such a buzzword because he was not sure how he was going to go about it. So kind of like that was sometimes people think that mindfulness is meditation, but also you're, you're, tell, you're saying it's a practice and how you do things and exercises. So maybe we can kind of demystify that a little bit. Sure. So – Meditation is really the overarching term. Mindfulness, uh, that's the larger word, the larger term. Uh, okay. Mindfulness is a particular type of meditation practice. So uh, there are many types of meditation practices, as you know, being a meditation practitioner yourself. And right. they come out of all different traditions and schools and, um, you know, people... Uh, years ago used to do transcendental meditation and they'd get a mantra. So there's many, many uh, types of meditation. But mindfulness, uh, the term, was really developed um, in the late 70s um, by this Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. And it is a, it's a secular practice, meaning it's not religious, although it does come out of some ancient wisdom traditions. Um, and, um, so it, it became, it's, it's really gained in popularity over the last 25 years as more and more people, as it's been researched, more and more people have gone through what you, you, you told your audience before the mindfulness-based stress reduction course and, um, mindfulness practices were developed as really as a way for people to deal with stresses in modern life with the complexities of today's living right which obviously today's living i mean everybody has a cell phone most i i I have teenagers and young young children at the age of seven and eight now at this point and and i notice this more and more that and i have to check in with myself as well but they're walking on the street looking down, they're shopping, they're driving, God forbid, but there's always this taking away. It's where can I be distracted? And and there's more and more and more distractions as we've created more and more technology. Do you think that has, a, is that part of maybe why this is becoming so more popular because we're getting so more stressed out or we have just so much happening? Well, you know, I think that's part of it. Just to go back to the Anderson Cooper um, 
uh, segment on 60 Minutes, which is, you know, you, you were saying was so popular, and it is, and it was a tremendous plus for mindfulness. One of the first things Anderson says, he's going to go on this, um, you know, three-day retreat. I think it was in Northern California with John Kabat-Zinn, and, and he says, you know, I, I, I can't put my cell phone away. I, I, yeah. I, you're telling me to turn off my cell phone? You know, just that alone, I think, sent him into, like, a really high stress response. So I, I think that, um, you know, with so many people on, on devices and technology, a, a lot of us are, are realizing, wow, we've become very unmindful of our surroundings, for example, because we're always looking down, as you mm. said, uh, on the cell phones, on the computers. You know, I know when I ask my children to put away the devices, I've got to wait like three to four minutes for them to power it down, you know? Right, right. So I do. <laughs> there's just a lot of, I, I think that, um, so I think the technology can, contributes to why mindful practices are um, becoming uh, more important. And I also think just that people are looking for ways and tools to balance their lives. Uh, right. in a better I, way. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, we're both in this, you know, committed lifestyle for ourselves and others to find the balance as best as we can and having the avenues such as practice to be able to formulate your best avenue for each person. And and so it's, you know, we're we're here and I find so many people, I see them in the yoga class, in the on the Reiki, in the taking Reiki sessions, and the anxiety and the stress is just increasing. And so, it's, it's really amazing to have something to learn. And and I and I want to kind of jump back because it's not, it doesn't have a belief or a religious content, even though it had a background in history. Correct. Well, you know. I mean, the bottom line is that that um, that mindfulness and the practices of mindfulness do come out of the Buddhist tradition. And if you're familiar with that tradition, there are, um, you know, mindfulness is is one of the one of the four pillars. But in terms of the practice, it, it is not religious. You you don't need any belief system to okay. to um, practice except perhaps the belief that um you know one breath will go into the next one okay <laughs> you know right. i mean it's it's very simple so um i think a lot of times meditation people have been put off by meditation because um they've they've uh, th- thought it was a conflict with some of their religious beliefs but but essentially the uh, mindfulness practices practice as it's taught in the in the eight-week course, the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction course, there's no, anyone from any walk of life, from any religious background uh, participates, and they do, and they really do. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing, which is that um, most people who enroll in the course and start it, or even before they talk to me, they say, I'm the most distractible person ever on the planet. <laughs> and everybody thinks that about themselves now because the mind, you know, is is pretty wild. So mindfulness gives us a tool to help us quiet that. 
Right. So it's great. So it's all ages, which I love. So it's not like you have to be a certain age and, and obviously, you know, for it's, it's like yoga, right? So there could be, maybe yoga may have, obviously has modifications where I would believe that mindfulness, you know, does not, it's really, really open to all ages. Um, so let's just, I just kind of want to tell us a little bit about, um, I think might be really important to the listeners is, we, we phrase the term MBSR, but you can talk to us about it a little bit more because you know, the Mindfulness Stress Reduction Course. And, you know, what it, I know it's an eight-week course that you teach, so maybe you could just tell right. the audience a little bit about that and what to expect. Sure. And, you know. Sure. Um, so the, the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Course is, um, as you said, it is an eight-session course. Um, taught generally consecutively um, each week with uh, either a half a day or a one full day silent retreat piece in addition to that. It is a combination of uh, a mindful practice which could include a sitting me- which includes sitting meditation, a lying down body scan meditation, um, some guided meditations as well as yoga, yoga, simple yoga, uh, taught mindfully, and uh, what we call a didactic or an instructional piece, as though, you know, you were sitting in a class, and that involves um, understanding our human stress response, what happens to the body when we're under stress, um, uh, recording different uh, parts of our week and our day, so that's more of a didactic piece where it's actually um, informational. So it's these three interwoven parts. And it's a two and a half hour uh, session each week where by the end of the course, you know, in, in the MBSR course, we do first and then talk about it. Whereas most of us in life, we talk about it and then. Right. Do- Right. <laughs> right. Right. So there are some, you know, interactive components, but a lot of it is spent, de- time is spent developing your own personal practice. And by the end of the course, a person generally will be able to say, oh, I like sitting better than laying down, or I like the laying down better than the w- contemplative walking, okay. or this I like the informal practice, that kind of thing. Okay, so tell me a little bit, um, what's the difference between informal and formal practices? Okay, so a formal mindful meditation practice would be, let's say, a 30-minute sitting practice where um, you use the breath as an anchor in your um sitting and you would find a comfortable seat and you would return as many times as necessary to your breathing as the mind wanders or let's say uh, discomfort might come up in the body and you would just sit in a timed fashion. That is what is called a formal meditation practice. Um, Whereas an informal practice could be... um, Paying more attention as you're taking a shower in the morning or brushing your teeth or making your bed, something that we do all the time, but we go on automatic pilot. So okay. mindfulness is 
really a way of coming off our automatic pilot. So you could do informal practices really anytime. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking like I could, instead of cooking dinner, checking my cell phone and doing something else, (laughs) I could just enjoy cooking dinner. So we could take little of these little exercises and, what I like about that, and this is sort of what I always loved about it, and I'm I'm just learning, I would say, opening up to it more and more. But um, I guess if it's, all, it's always there with all the other practices I have, but I didn't realize there was, you know, titles, like informal, formal. But what I right, love about right. it is these few little exercises that you are already going to do. So you're not really adding, you know, sometimes with meditation, we feel like we do we do have to put aside some time and but in the I guess the informal practices of mindfulness you're already washing the dishes or you're already taking a shower or you're already I don't know so how wonderful is that to use that opportunity to be in the present moment I and I this is I'm going to kind of segue back to uh, Anderson Cooper where I think someone asked him how did it change your life or did it really change your life and or did it make your life longer or and he said he felt like it has because he's in the present moment and really able to enjoy that moment so he feels fulfilled and also uh I don't want to put words in his mouth but you know this longer expression of life this longer yes gratitude yeah yes you know um that's so well put, Tina, everything that you just said. And um, because the beautiful thing about living mindfully is that if you can't find, um, you know, 10 or 20 minutes or even a half hour in the morning to do a formal practice, you can bring a mindful awareness to every part of your life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that does allow a person to savor the present even more. Like just for example, right now as we're doing this uh, blog talk radio, I am so aware of each moment and what you're saying and how I feel and my body. I'm just noticing everything and I'm able to really take tremendous pleasure in it. Whereas maybe at another time I might have been, oh, what am I worried about what I'm saying and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm really... I can I notice those things come up, but I can much more easily through the practice let them go. Right, um, which is just so it's so much healthier for the body because we all know we hold so much of that in our the stresses of our body. So to be so able much. to yeah. to just be there is so nice. Now yeah. I just want to kind of I want to touch a little bit on we talked about how for all the ages and tell us how I know you have worked with children and you're right. working and you're you're working with different schools and community organizations and healthcare institutions tell me how right. children tell me tell me a little bit about that how are children do you, do you feel there's a connection there do you feel they gravitate to it with, um yeah. I, you know I think I think children are are under just as much stress and complexity in their lives in some ways as as certainly adults are. And um, while the mindful practices are taught differently to children um, in terms of, um, 
maybe there are, are simpler and um, shorter techniques that are used um, to allow a child to come into their breath and center. And we just started doing a, um, a mindful walking piece, which they like. And so, you know, many people have developed um, mindful programs for children, but it's never really too early for st to start. I mean, something as simple as a two-year-old walking in and sitting on your lap when you're practicing, you know, that's, that's, your, right. that's a mindful. Uh, but um, I know that we're teaching it to preschoolers and up more formally in the classroom. Something as simple as... Um, uh, sitting for a minute or two before starting the day or at the end of the morning or, you know, before the afternoon starts, which really helps kids center, come back in their bodies, and make a transition. You see, that's always hard for adults, too, but sometimes kids, you know, okay, we're going to go from, you know, uh, gym back to the classroom and pay attention, or we're going to go from here to the playground and run around, but then we have to come back. So just those mindful pauses and a few minutes make all the difference in the world for kids to, to um, refocus themselves um, and get ready for the next thing. Right. Well, I, and, and I, it's so true because I remember just my school years thinking, and even my children, even though they're college age and, you know, senior in high school, it's from one thing to the next. And if they just had that moment to, while they're switching classes, get to that next classroom, take a breath, feel connected, you know, we're giving them such an amazing gift. I, I guess my, I know that the hope would be that so many schools from private to public would really adopt those principles so that we can allow our children to have this empowerment to to have them be less stressed, you know, stressful and mindful in their life. So I I mean, do you think that it's a it's a I mean, do you see it more schools are getting on the bandwagon or do you feel like you know what, Tina, it's taking I, time? I actually I think that I think that the mindful trend is um is really everywhere and um, so if the parent, you know, I, I just did a talk on mindful parenting and, you know, the more mindful you are as a parent, perhaps it, there's always a trickle down effect to the children or the more mindful a teacher is, um, you know, the more mindful the kids can be in the classroom and something as simple as the teacher not rushing, um, mm. allows the child to be centered or, um, you know, like you said before, alluding to checking yourself with your own cell phone use. I mean, it, it all starts with us. So there's a lot of research. I want to say this. This is really important. There's been a tremendous amount of research on the mindfulness-based stress reduction course and its effectiveness with both adults and children. And that has been a real driving force for schools and hospitals and just society in general to, to open their minds to this. Because when you realize that the brain changes just after an eight-week course in a very positive direction, people say, well, sign me up for that. You right, know? because in a lot of... Uh, and what I like about the course and all the findings and the research is that people do want to know the science behind it. They want to know what, you know, yeah. how can they quantitate 
what the difference is and what am I going to get out of it? And, and there's so much that we can take from it. So these pro this program is it's just amazing. I mean, we're so grateful that you teach it here with us at practice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I wanted to say a couple things. So, which I didn't say before, which is that the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction course was developed in the late 70s out of the UMass Medical Center, um, really, UMass Medical Center, for because doctors were saying we have patients, we have people in our practices in chronic pain with, with chronic stress, emotional, physical, what can we do for them? And so John Kabat-Zinn helped develop this program. So um, so it's not about fixing anything, as we said. It's right. about doing. So it came originally at UMass Medical Center, and now it's taught in multiple, you know, hospitals and around the world, really. But some of the research, I'll just say that um, there's a researcher at Harvard who who looked at, at the human brain before, before someone participated in the eight-week mindfulness course and then at the end of it and there are significant changes in uh, you know not to get too technical but in our frontal lobes which are involved in attention and executive functioning and learning and memory and then deep in the brain what we call our limbic system which has to do with the fight-flight response and those areas actually shrink which is a good thing so just in eight weeks through participating, you can see some major structural brain changes, which have a tremendous effect on our, um, on our ability to live under less stress. It, it, it's remarkable. That's I just re- it's really amazing. I love that. Yeah, I love it that. It That's really amazing yeah. work. Amazing work. So I'm going to post, I know you wrote for the Huffington Post. It was a fantastic article. I did. And okay. I, I'm going to post that link on our Facebook page. So whoever is listening live or on the podcast, I'll post that link on the Facebook event page. And that was just tell us a little bit about that. That was just a, it was about obviously mindfulness and uh, right. Huffington Post picked it up. And I'm going to right. share that. Okay. Uh, so with the it viewers. Was really, <laughs> thank you. Um, it was just a quick little blog piece and. So I just listed five reasons to practice mindfulness in 2015. Do you want me to read? Do you want me to say what those are? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Okay. So so the first one is that mindfulness is free, Um, meaning that it is not only free, meaning that it doesn't cost anything, but it's freeing so that we, with a, a commitment to mindfulness, we can become more aware of our reactivity and become more um, uh, uh, able to make choices. Like if we find ourselves responding or reacting in a certain way to something, let's say we're driving and or we have, um, we have usual ways of, of reacting to our children or our bosses, with the practice of mindfulness, we can free ourselves from just that sort of um, knee-jerk response, that automatic pilot that I was saying before. And the second is that mindfulness is simple. 
I mean, you can practice it anywhere at any time without equipment. Um, <laughs> I, I say if you're breathing, you're capable of practicing mindfulness. And, and one of the reasons I really like it is because it is so universal. I mean, the truth is not everybody can get on a yoga mat and not everybody can um, get up and walk even, Tina. But um, right. everybody, if you're breathing, you can practice so it's flexible you can practice it solo or in a group um as in the mindfulness-based stress reduction or some of the meditation groups that you lead and i like that um because we learn different things practicing solo sometimes as as when we practice with a group of people um it's organic meaning that it it's it comes from the simple ground of our living, mm. uh, our bodies and our minds together. So it's not like an it's not an intellectual activity. You know, it comes from the simple present moment, organic um, interface of ourselves and our environment. Let's say. And then the last thing is that it's relaxing, and mm. it is a tool. To, um, to teach ourselves how to relax and to relax, to get under the, um, you know, sort of the constant um, thinking and, let's say, worrying and living in the past or living in the future. It helps us relax into the present moment. So those are really the five, you know, the five reasons that I think um, right. make, it, make it a great great practice right and it and it sounds simple i mean it really is simple when you really come down to it right i mean you have these simple practices and and i love that you break it down to five easy steps (laughs) thank you you know it's it's, good i do say it's simple but it's not easy (laughs) right yes i I well i I agree right i agree Mm -hmm. right so it's simple from the standpoint that um it doesn't really require any technology. I mean, everything that we have in this moment in our bodies and minds, we we have to practice mindfulness. But the the sometimes the challenging part can be staying with, you know, whatever our thoughts come up or um, what what we notice in the body or what we notice in our emotional life. So, but these are all things that we use as grist for the mill and and. In a course, in a mindful training program, your, you know, a, a good teacher can help you work with that. So um, it does take effort. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. And commitment. Now tell us about, I know we have, we were, believe it or not, time goes so quickly on the show. It's always That's hard to believe. That's unbelievable. Wow. I know. But let's, we do have some callers, so I'm not sure if they want to speak with us, so I'll give them the prompt in a minute. But before we go there... Why don't we? Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the program? Because I know it's starting next week, and we'll give them information right. how to sign up and and so forth, what to expect. Okay, so the 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 mindfulness based stress reduction program at practice uh, starts next Tuesday evening, March tenth, and it'll run from six thirty to nine every Tuesday night. Uh, the week of um, I think April seventh is we're taking a two week break for the Passover Easter holiday. And then at the end of April, there is a half-a-day silent retreat. 
Wow. Um, How many hours is that, Lisa? <laughs> uh, so what is that? that? That 15 hours or more? Right. Wow. Wow. So Very it's um, 16, 20. I think it's like 20 hours. Or, I don't know. I'm so bad on that. But, wow. um, yeah, it's, a, it's actually over 20 with the silent retreat. And... So the course itself, as I said, you know, is a is um, a combination of the uh, different mindful practices, didactic group interaction. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a you know every group is unique. Um, every group that signs up and people come from all walks of life and different ages and different genders. Um, but the bottom line is everybody has stress and everybody wants to balance their lives and reduce their stress. So if you're interested, you can certainly call practice. Do you, do you get that number, Tina? Sure. That number is 516-858-3095. And you can either ask to talk to me or talk to, to you, Tina, and refer to me and, and, and certainly uh, sign up. There, You know, there is a questionnaire that I ask people to fill out. It's confidential. Um, everything is confidential that you uh, fill out, and it just allows me to be, be a more effective instructor. But um, it is the traditional course as developed by John Kabat-Zinn. So, uh, as you said, I'm trained to do that, and um, it's it's very exciting. It's really um, I've seen people make some profound changes in their lives. People who've done it once want to come back, or they want you know. It really has allowed people to develop a practice that they can that they bring into every area of their lives. So great, and I just want to share with yeah. our listeners the website. If you want to look online or check out our website, oh, I know good. I yeah, yeah it's practicebodymindsoul.com, dot com, and you can go on that. Now I'm looking at my switchboard, so I have a couple callers. So what I am going to say to the callers is, I can see your number. If you have a question you need to hit pound one. If I if you don't do that, then I'm just going to assume that you're listening by your phone, which does happen. So okay. um, let me just see if anyone's going to ask a question. I have uh, 9086. If you have a question, you have to hit pound one. If not, I'm just going to let you be there and listen. And uh, let's see, 5718. If you're just listening, that's fine. If you have a question, pound one. So sometimes what happens, Lisa, is um, people listen all around the country from Blog Talk Radio, and sometimes they just listen by phone, or they can listen on their computer. And if they do want to get picked up, they have to show me a prompt. So I'm just waiting for that. But while we're waiting, and and again, they may just be wanting to listen, what would be your dream for the future for mindfulness and and reaching communities? Well, um, you know, my dream... My dream has always been to see some universal changes in, in healthcare delivery and just how people take care of themselves, healthcare, uh, care of our health. And I really feel that mindfulness is a way to take care of ourselves, um, manage our health and our energy, um, pay attention both to ourselves and our relationships. And so my dream would be that it it really, um, that more and more people practice it. 
and that it, it is taught in the schools to children at a young age, and that it's taught to medical students. Um, you know, I've done some some um, lectures for medical students, and it's and it is being taught in medical schools, but more and more, so that it's not just a it, it's a staple, it's a requirement, um, and it will just make us more human and. Um, you know, more grounded in in life, really, in the present. It's so, beautiful. I that, love that. that. I that do. Would be my dream. Thank you. Thank you. So it looks like our listeners are listening, and they don't have a question for us. So I'm going to let them be nice and quiet and not cl- click them on for my switchboard. I am so grateful to have you. The, the time went so very fast, and this show will be rebroadcast so anyone who is not listening live or if listening live and they want to share it again I will uh, send it on the podcast so thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and being with us oh, here you're welcome do you think we covered everything do you think we I hit think all the- so is there I'm trying to see if there's anything we missed I think we um I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna post up a bunch of stuff we talked about if there's any last thing, let me know. I know you have a little bit of time. Um, um, I guess I guess the one thing I would say is if someone has some curiosity about mindfulness but maybe a little reluctant mm-hmm. or um, skeptical, I would just suggest that you know, it doesn't have to be a lifelong commitment. Just give it give it an opportunity. There's lots of ways to learn about it. You can YouTube videos of John Kabat-Zinn or, or other instructors who are well-known. Um, and you can even practice, you know, download different audio tapes or apps um, for, for, you know, even a five-minute mindfulness or a ten-minute session. Oh, so, that's a good idea. So yeah. I, do you, th- yeah. Do you have any – do you have any so other resources uh, for people that are listening? Any books or something well, you like? Yeah. Well, John Kabat-Zinn's book is called Full Catastrophe Living, and that is a terrific book. It's it's thick, but you don't have to read the whole book. <laughs> um, and then, or he has another really nice book. It's called Wherever You Go, There You Are, and it's just short little vignettes about uh, bringing mindfulness to lots of different areas of our life. Um, the U, UC San Diego School of Medicine Center for Mindful Awareness, if you go into that website, so if you put in, um, you know, UC San Diego Center for Mindfulness, you can you can download many different audio files to practice uh, mindfully, you know, on your own if you want to try it out, a body scan, a sitting meditation, and there's lots of different information just about what mindfulness is. So articles that can be read, or you can also go to the UMass Medical Center, Center for Awareness. Um, but I would say on YouTube, any videotape by Dr. John, K- that's J-O-N and then K-A-B-A-T hyphen Z-I-N-N. Anything okay, by him is worth watching. Yeah, I'm going to post all the stuff on the Facebook page. Sometimes the links will just be popping up over there. So that's so great. But those great. are places I, to start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, do you want to lead us in just a closing real quickly, maybe a mindfulness closing before I let you go? 
<laughs> sure, sure. Thank you. So wherever you are now, if you're standing, I would I would just suggest sitting down for several minutes and just find a comfortable seat. Bring your awareness to your body. Feel your feet on the floor, your hips and pelvis making contact with the chair. Feel your spine stretching and elongating from the top of your head to the bottom of your sacrum and back to the top of your head. And just imagine that you're being suspended from above. Bring your awareness to your shoulders in line with your hips, allowing your hands and your arms to rest gently either at your side or on your legs, and simply noticing what you are experiencing in your body in this moment. Perhaps you notice your breath. Perhaps you are aware of your legs or another part of your body, your chest, the weight of your head. Without trying to make anything happen or force your awareness, just notice what you are experiencing. And now simply bring your awareness to your breathing, gently noticing how you're breathing in your body in this moment. Noticing your inhale and your exhale without trying to lengthen it or force it or make it go anywhere. Just simply bringing your awareness to each breath, each full inhale and exhale, and settling into this moment right now. Once again, inhaling, noticing the inhale and the exhale. Inhaling and exhaling and letting go. So in mindfulness, just noticing what you're aware of right now. It could be simply my voice, your breath, your body in the chair, and gently returning your awareness your breath in each moment. And when you're ready, just make some small movements. If you've closed your eyes, you can open them, allowing your body to move a little bit and coming back into this moment. So that's just a simple two-minute meditation. Mm, that was nice. That felt good. Thank you. Oh, good. Fantastic. 
Well, thank you so very much, and I'm sure all the listeners are going to be more enlightened with mindfulness. So I thank you. And You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Today. You're welcome. Really You're welcome. Yeah. You will, and we'll have to have you back again. So we'll have to do some okay. other segment on it. But thank you again, Great. and have a fantastic day. You too. Okay, okay. take care. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. That was that felt so good to just end with that. Before I end, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up. So next Wednesday, I am broadcasting again. So I'm doing my shows a little bit more regularly. Next Wednesday, 4-11-15, I will be having Laura Burrick on the show. Laura Burke is a nutritionist, and we'll be speaking about easy, healthy meals. Um, I love Laura's approach to really easy, healthy meals, and making it easy is really key for me. I've been talking a lot about self-care, and for me, it's, it's the ease, but also, obviously, the health and the wellness. So we'll be having Laura Burke on last, next Wednesday on Get Into It, right here on Block Talk Radio from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m., Now, Thursday, March 12th, at Practice Body, Mind, Soul in Roslyn, New York, I am hosting a complimentary oil share, and that is complimentary from 1 to 4. You don't have to stay the whole time. You can come and go as you please, drop in, and you will be learning and sharing about essential oils, young living essential oils, high-grade essential oils, and how to apply them, work with them in our life. Uh, Oils have really changed my life. I work with them for all areas of my life, and I'd love to share that with you. And then lastly, Thursday, March 19th, I'm hosting the very first daytime Reiki 1 certification course at practice, and that is from 10 to 4. So any of those programs that you're interested in, the phone number for practice is 516-858-3095. The website is practicebodymindsoul.com. You can look at all our programming. We have so many things, as well as the upcoming MBSR program. I am always so grateful to all of you and just taking a moment to hold you all in prayer, wishing you all the best until we meet again next week. Namaste. They said you wouldn't make it so far And ever since they said it, it's been hard But never mind the night you had to cry Cause you had never let it go inside You worked too hard You know exactly what you want and need So believe and you can never give up